Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 159, Argument for the Existence of God, Episode 8, is entitled, Why is God, God? In answer to the question, Why is God, God? We must establish that he is a God of law and order. It was God who organized the laws of creation, and through a complete set of laws, he governs all of his kingdoms. Earth is one of those kingdoms, but there is a larger plan. Earth is filled with life. Science has made its job to classify all living things. It is a never-ending process. All agree that men and women are the highest form of intelligence on the earth as we are told in the story of creation in Genesis 1. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, Male and female created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. We learn many things from the above. First, we learn that we are created in the image and likeness of God. That is an incredibly complex issue. For example, we must ask, Why did God create only men and women in his image and after his likeness? Why did he give mankind dominion over all other forms of life? Why did he place mankind in such an exalted position? One answer must be that mankind has greater potential than all other living things. He has greater potential because mankind's intelligence is greater than all other living things. God does not do things out of order. That raises another question. Why is mankind more intelligent than all other living things? If God created intelligence, why didn't God give all living things the same order of intelligence? For that matter, why is one person more intelligent than another? Why is one person good and another evil? Why are we different? Can you see the dilemma? Consider the implications of the following. If God created our intelligence, if God created some to be good and others to be evil, if God created our natures, if God created our will, if God created our tendencies. Can you see where this is going? If God created our natures, then God predestined us to heaven or to hell to be good or to be evil. God made us puppets. If God is responsible for our sins, then God should be on trial, not us. Did God create us to burn in hell forever? Is that the God of the New Testament? Is that the God who gave us the Sermon on the Mount? 
is that the God who gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life? Is that the God who sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved? I don't think so. Any God who deliberately designed someone to burn in hell would be a monster. Mark Twain addresses that issue in one of the strangest stories ever written, entitled The Mysterious Stranger. In the end of the story, Satan says, Strange that you should not have suspected years ago, centuries, ages, eons ago, for you have existed companionless through all the eternities. Strange indeed that you should not have suspected that your universe and its contents were only dreams, visions, fiction. Strange because they are so frankly and hysterically insane. Like all dreams, a God who could make good children as easily as bad, yet preferred to make bad ones, who could have made every one of them happy, yet never made a single happy one, who made them price their bitter life, yet stingily cut it short, who gave his angels eternal happiness unearned, yet required his other children to earn it, who gave his angels painless lives, yet cursed his other children with biting misery and maladies of mind and body, who mouths justice and invented hell, mouths mercy and invented hell, mouths golden rules and forgiveness multiplied by seventy times seven and invented hell, who mouths morals to other people and has none himself, who frowns upon crimes yet commits them all, who created man without invitation, then tries to shuffle the responsibility for man's acts upon man instead of honorably placing it where it belongs upon himself. And finally, with altogether divine obtuseness, invites this poor, abused slave to worship him. Twain would be right if the following were true. If God created our intelligence, if God created some to be good and others to be evil, if God created our natures, if God created our will, if God created our tendencies, God would be responsible for our behavior rather than ourselves. The answer can only be that God did not create our intelligence. God did not create some to be good and others to be evil. God did not create our nature. God did not create our consciousness or our will. And God did not create our tendencies. Life, consciousness, and intelligence self-exist. They have always existed and cannot be created or destroyed. God gave us laws to give us greater freedom, and we chose which laws of God to obey or disobey. Intelligence self-exists. That is why God himself exists. God is the model for everything that is good. Therefore, using himself as the only model, he created laws that would help us to become like him. Remember the words of John in last week's podcast? Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. He did not create us out of nothing. That violates all known laws. Intelligence cannot be created or destroyed, else where did God come from? God gave us a spirit body in his image. 
That is why we are called the children of God. And God gave us a physical body after his likeness. But God did not create our intelligence or our consciousness. God, who is the highest intelligence of all, gave us the opportunity to become like him if we choose. In addition to our physical body, which because we are the children of God has a divine nature, he gave us laws to further help us to become like him. And on top of that, he gave us agency that we may choose for ourselves. God is not responsible for our behavior. We are. God did not invent hell, and God did not invent Satan. God created Lucifer, which means light bearer. Satan was a great angel once in the presence of God until he, of his own volition, rebelled against God and fell because of his own choice. And a third part of the host of heaven fell with him. Because of Lucifer, there is a hell. Christ has the keys to let us out of hell. He does not want anyone to go to hell. That is why he died for us. Hell exists because law exists, specifically the law of justice, which cannot be compromised. Hell is the natural consequence of the violation of law. Law has its opposite. If the law rewards obedience, it must punish disobedience, or law makes no sense. It would have no power. Justice is by nature absolute and unconditional. It is mercy that gives conditions to law. Because of justice, there is hell. Because of mercy, no one must go to hell unless they willfully choose to violate law and refuse to repent. Hell is a natural consequence of sin. If heaven exists, hell must exist. The law of opposites demands it. God did not create sin. God organized laws. The violation of law is sin. God lives in a world of absolutes. We alone live in a world of fictional relativity where we think good and evil is an illusion or someone's opinion. Remember the assumption. There must be opposition in all things. God organized laws, and laws by their nature have consequences. Virtue is obedience to law. Sin is disobedience to law. Obedience to law creates order, freedom, joy, and happiness. Disobedience to law is the cause of hell. The highest law of all is the law of justice. If justice rewards us for our good, it must punish us for our evil. It cannot be otherwise. The law of justice cannot be compromised, or God would cease to be God. Justice makes God perfect. Mercy makes God kind. God is both just and merciful, but first and foremost, he must be just or there would be chaos, disorder, and destruction. Our very happiness depends as much upon God being just as it depends upon God being merciful. Justice is the only thing that holds our universe together. God must be just to be God. He does not have to be merciful. Because of law, he is just. Because of love, he is merciful. It is fortunate for us that God is love. We must understand that God cannot be arbitrary. It would violate his own nature. He would cease to be God. In other words, God is God because he has all the attributes that define God. And one of those attributes is perfection. It is a contradiction to have an imperfect God. God can never be inconsistent. If he is a God of law and order, it follows that he is also bound by law. That means that laws are not arbitrary. It is contradictory to think that God can create the effect before he creates the cause. 
Creation by definition means to form from self-existing matter, or something could come from nothing. Do you see why earlier I said that one of the assumptions you must agree with is that something can never come from nothing? That must always hold true. So, we must ask another question. What materials is God working with in his creations? First of all, everything must be made from self-existing matter. Even scientists tell us that matter and energy cannot be created or destroyed. We must distinguish between that which self-exists and that which must be created. In other words, which part of us did God create and which part self-existed? We must move away from the idea that Merlin is our God. Poof does not explain anything any more than coincidence. Accident or serendipity of circumstances explains anything. We must also keep at the forefront of our mind that God did not create himself. That means that we must look at creation from a different perspective and entirely move away from the idea that something can come from nothing. If something can come from nothing, then existence will never make any sense. That includes the existence of God or the existence of life or mankind. If that were so, then everything is a dream, even a dream within a dream, as Edgar Allan Poe asked. But let's return to the scripture quoted from Genesis. We learned several other things. We learned that mankind was given dominion over all other forms of life. We learned that God created male and female. We learned that God blesses all men and women. We learned that God gave men and women dominion over the earth, not just man. We learned that God gave all living things the power of procreation. In other words, God set in motion the eternal nature of creation. We see a pattern. But where did the pattern come from? Law creates patterns. Only through law can we understand patterns. Patterns symbolize order. Earth is patterned after heaven. Where you have law, you have patterns. Without patterns, there would be no science. That is why analogy is the key to finding truth. Nothing is in isolation. We should not make God a stranger. There is nothing more transparent than God. Once you understand patterns, you begin to see God in everything. His creations are his greatest witness. His name is attached to everything he does. His signature is unmistakable. Heaven is a glorified earth. And when the end comes, earth will be translated into a glorified heaven and will be our eternal home where God in Christ shall also dwell. Listen carefully to the description of John the Revelator as recorded in Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold! The tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things anew. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, 
the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So what have we learned? We have learned that God organized laws. His laws are not just for this earth. They are also for the eternities. God organized laws that bring about our eternal progression. And what is the end? Christ tells us, as stated above in 1 John 3, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. The purpose of law is to help us to become like God. Why else would he create us? He did not create us for his amusement. It is not as the cynical Gloucester said, as flies to wanton boys are we to the gods, they kill us for their sport. God is a loving Father in heaven who created us in his image. Furthermore, we are told by Paul in Hebrews 12, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjugation unto the Father of spirits and live? Not only did God create us in the flesh, but he also created our spirits in his image. It is that spirit that he places in our mortal body. Before coming to earth, we live with God in heaven because we are the children of God. Let me refer again to the words found in Job. In Job 38, God asked the suffering Job the following question. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measure thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. God is speaking of the pre-mortal existence before the earth was created. We were those morning stars who sang together. We were those sons of God who shouted for joy. Because the earth was being created for us. We looked forward to coming to earth to gain a body. It was part of the plan from the beginning. Even the fall was foreseen because it was a necessary part of the plan of progression. Satan is cunning, but God is wise, and his wisdom is farsighted and sees into the eternities. Satan's cunning is nearsighted. He sees only the moment. That is why, in the end, he will lose. Good and evil are opposites. But God and Satan are not equal. God is infinitely more powerful than Satan, and Satan is only on earth because he is necessary for agency, which is a choice between good and evil. However, speaking of patterns, if earth is patterned after heaven, then earth is a mirror into heaven. The pattern continues infinitely. In heaven we have parents, meaning both a father and a mother. That means we were born into heaven as spirit children of God. That is why our spirits are made of immortal matter. Our father and mother in heaven are immortal. 
Where did the substance of our spirits come from? Where else but the self-existing intelligent matter which cannot be created or destroyed? If we can accept the remarkable discovery of science that matter and energy cannot be created or destroyed, how is it difficult to accept that intelligence cannot be created or destroyed? There is a difference between first cause and creation through law. There is no first cause to intelligence. There is a first cause to everything that is organized and created through law, which includes our spirit bodies, which are created in the image of God, and our physical bodies, which are created after the likeness of God. Together they form life as we know it on earth. Without God, there would be no order. There would be no life as we know it. There would be no earth and no heaven. There would be no creation and therefore no progression. There would be no Christ. Let me summarize then a few of the salient points. All resurrected beings are physically perfect in every way. The differences are in light and truth. Those who have greater light and truth by the laws they live will have greater glory in the next. Without intelligence, there is no consciousness. Intelligence can expand, meaning it can expand from intelligence to greater intelligence until everything is known. Only the children of God have the potential to become omniscient like God because it is inherent in their self-existing intelligence. The gift that God gave us is his divine nature that is surely among the greatest gifts of God. First, we have our self-existing intelligence, but by being born into the kingdom of God, we have the inherent ability to become like him in the eternities, else what is it all about? We are not, as scientists claim, animals or robots. We are children of God. We have a divine nature. We are to put off the natural man. Spirituality is inherent in our birth. Peter refers to it this way, as recorded in Second Peter. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.